and welcome back to week two of Invader Sports. This is the EPL crew. So I want to welcome my co-hosts, Adam and Luke. Fellas, how are we feeling? All good, all good. How good. are you? You guys sound a lot better, huh? Got some mics? Yeah, we've invested big time now. <laughs> the big leagues. <laughs> now you're in for it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got a lot of fun things planned. Again, we're going to go through all the matches. Uh, that's going to be a common theme. We're always going to do that, pick apart. You know, maybe maybe someone's in trouble, like Arsenal and things like that. <laughs> Talk about who's playing good, who's playing bad, and uh, the surprise teams. But uh, before we get to that, we have a fun special segment planned. So we got a group chat, and we basically kicked around an idea of coming up with a combined 11. But I think it was you, Adam, right, that you, you were like, we should only do one player per team. Yeah, and, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I thought, you know what, instead of doing just a combined 11, because you're just going to have the same players, let's mix it up and delve deep into the league, see what surprises we can throw up. Yeah, I think that's a great call too, because it's always the same list you're looking at. And uh, what do you think, Luke? Good good way to do it this way? It spices things up a little bit, I think. Because yeah. like, like you were saying, it's the, it's the whole idea you're pretty much going to get basically half Liverpool, half Man City give or take a few players. Um, yeah. So this definitely brings some interesting players into the mix, I think. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Liverpool, uh, being a fan, especially, it was really hard for me to pick one player from the team. Did you find that uh, difficult, Adam? I won't lie, I didn't, because I, I went with the position. I thought there's not a lot of top quality in the, in, in the Premier League. You'll see who I went with. So I thought... I got- all right, I got a feeling I know. Um, okay, so he, here's the rules off the bat. We're going to have to totally agree for a player to be booked into this combined 11. But in this first round here, we're going to all read our teams. Now, we all made teams. Again, one player per team. You can't have any repeats. And if all three of us agree on any person, they're in. There's no debate there. They're in. Uh, so I think that's pretty fair. And then the positions we have left, we're going to have to debate and figure it out. So, uh, Luke, how about you kick things off? And again, it's uh, it's uh, 4-3-3. Uh, basically, you know, left wing, right wing, striker, CM, CM. I thought it'd be fun to, to throw a defensive mid- midfielder in there because, you know, that's really important to have a good one of those. And then left back, right back, two center backs and a goalkeeper. So uh, hit us, Luke. What do you got? So it's time from goalkeeper. Sure, yeah. Um, so I started with Aston Villa's Martinez in goal, okay. uh, which I thought was an interesting one. I think he's got a good good season. Um, so that's what I started with. And then going from the right, I've gone from Aaron's from Norwich. And then okay. my centre-back pairing is Diaz from City and Fofana from, from Leicester. Um, and then finishing the back line with Digne on the as left-back. Um, and the midfield three, I've gone with Kante at defensive mid. Um, then my holding mids will be Ward Prowse from Southampton and obviously Bruno Fernandes from Manchester United. <laughs> um, and then my front three, um, I've gone f- with Salah on the right, Kane in the middle and Saka from Arsenal on the left. Okay. Uh, we have a couple in common here. I won't, I won't say who yet, but, uh, all right, let's get let's get yours, Adam. Yeah, uh, so, go, go go a little slowly. I'm gonna try to write them all down. Start yeah, with goalkeeper. 
So, so first of all, I did go with Nick Pope from uh, from Burnley, but then when I went through my whole team, I realised I didn't have a Leicester player in. So I've put Casper Smichael in because he's just a top quality keeper. Um, I always thought he'd be destined to go to United like his dad, but don't think that's going to happen now. Uh, so he's my goalkeeper. My right back, I've gone for Liveramento. So Southampton, he, they bought him from Chelsea in the summer. I think he's only like 18, 19 very young and first two games he's been he's oozed quality so one to watch um left back i've gone for one of the only arsenal players you'd ever pick which is tierney um you know yeah they've lost their first two games but he's been him and smith have been the star players for them and then at the back i've gone i've gone varan from united and then i've gone van dyke uh, like i said i don't think there's that much top quality at center back position so Holding midfielder, I've gone for Kante. You know, you've got to have him. He's one of the best in the world. Um, and then I've gone De Bruyne at centre mid. And then next to him, playing that sort of box-to-box row, I've gone for Basuma at Brighton. Um, again, the fact no one's actually gone in for him this summer, it does surprise me. I mean, uh, we'll talk about the games at the weekend, but he was quality. And then my front three. So on the left, I've gone for Son. So... Whatever happens with Kane, he's going to be carrying a lot of the workload going into this season, especially the way Nuno likes to play. And then I've gone for St. Maximin on the right. I just think he's just like beautiful to watch. He's just everything you want in a footballer in terms of pace, power, skill, running at players. Um, again, someone that eventually will move on from Newcastle and go to a not bigger club, but a better performing club. And then up front, I've gone for Danny Ings. Used to play for Liverpool, loved him there, never worked out due to injury, went to Southampton. Bit of a surprise move because there was no rumours about it. Went to Aston Villa for 30 million. Um, the fact no other clubs picked him up, you know, especially with City needing maybe a short-term striker. But yeah, I think his goal at the weekend, already goal of the season contender. So that's my 11. Go on, Okay, uh, I'm going to confirm we do have a couple of players that are already locked in. But Luke, I'm going to need you to tell me your centre-backs again. I miss those guys. Yeah, my centre-backs are um, Ruben Diaz from Man City and Fafana from Leicester. Okay. So, confirmed in the team, N'Golo Conte. And wait, Luke, you didn't say KDB, did you? No. De Bruyne. Okay, so he's not confirmed yet. All right, so we can confirm that. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I lost the name again. Uh, Conte. Gola Conte is our CDM. So that's good. I, I didn't know if we'd have any that we could confirm right off the bat. So, okay, here's mine. Oh boy, I'm nervous. Wait, where'd it go? Here it is. All right. So, goalkeeper. I couldn't decide between Allison and Casper Schmeichel, but I'm going to go with Schmeichel because. I'm going to agree with Adam and throw Virgil as the center back. I think he's just far and above the best in the league when he's healthy and he looks healthy again this year. So he's my pick. Uh, See now the second center back, I had Lucas Dinier and, and I forgot that he plays right back, right? Left back. Left back. Yeah. He plays left back. Yeah. So I'll just, uh, I'll agree with Luke's, pick in at in uh Fafana is that how you say his name Fafana yeah Fafana yeah so I'll just take him because I messed that one up anyway and left back I did have Kieran Tierney I really like Kieran Tierney 
the Scottish blood in me. But it's funny, my second pick was Max Aaron. So um, he was also named uh, right back. I went with uh, Sergio Regulon from Spurs, uh, which brings me to my center mid. I had KDB, center defensive mid, Conte, so he's locked in. Uh, center mid, I went Pogba instead of Bruno. Uh, right wing, I'm going to go with Saar from uh, Watford. Uh, striker, I, this, this was my dark horse pick, right? I, I figure we need to pick players from different teams, but none of us agreed on a striker, so we're going to have to figure this out. But I went with Patrick Banford. I mean, he had 17 goals last year. He had 16 goals the year before in the championship. Dude can put it home. And if he was on a better team, I think he'd be one of the best goal scorers in the league. But, uh, yeah. And left wing, I had to go with Adama just because I want that pace. But I can be talked out. I can be talked out of him. So we got to figure this out, boys. Okay, so uh, during that break, we, we noticed we had uh, picked a player that was hurt. Uh, Adam, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so, so you and Luke both picked uh, Fofana, but broke his leg during preseason against Villarreal. So good player, but I'm going to argue hard that you can't have him. I, I think he could still do a job with a broken leg. <laughs> All right, so... McGuire. <laughs> uh man mcguire has eli manning face i don't know if you guys know what that means but when eli manning was always sitting on the bench he had like the weirdest face and that's the same face that harry mcguire has so uh i just had to shout that out all right so look we got one player locked in let's get the rest of these going starting with goalkeeper we had two people pick schmeichel luke can you be convinced that schmeichel is our goalkeeper schmeichel was my second pick anyway so i'm, I'm more than happy to go with schmeichel and go okay locked in easy uh now left back we had two people pick kieran tierney who, who was the outsider there me again um happy with tierney easy you again. go with that all yeah, right this is this isn't hard These are all so my far. second picks so it's it's super easy okay and now again we had two people pick virgil van dyke oh we got a virgil in there luke Is he going to get injured again? No, I don't think he will. Yeah, we can go Van Dyke. Makes sense. Okay. Now, CB is where we had our snafu. So this either goes to Adam by default, unless Luke and I can come up with another person to go against his. So, Luke, who was your, your pick again? Mine was Diaz. I, and I don't know. I think there's such a shortage. Like, there's such a drop-off between Diaz. Like, there's a drop-off after Van Dyke, and then there's a drop-off again after Diaz. Okay. Now, uh, now, Adam, you said Verane, right? Yeah, Varane. But you, you know what? If, if we pick Diaz, if we pick Diaz, then it just means no KDB. This is enough, enough good midfielders. Okay. Now, KDB was my pick, but if you want to go with Ruben Diaz, then yeah, that means he's knocked out. And mm-hmm. any City fans that see this are going to be pretty upset. KDB is not in there, but. I don't care if I piss off City fans. Yeah, they're so, better, so it's fine. Uh, okay, I mean, but we can, we can only pick one player from Man U as well, right? Mm-hmm. All right, we're locking in Diaz? Yeah. In Diaz. Lock him in. in. No KDB. All right. Right back. Who were the ones under the gun here? You both had Max Aarons, and I had Livramento. Um, okay. I think Max Aarons wins this just because he's got a bit more experience. 
So All right. I'll go. I, I think both are going to be interesting to watch this season. Yeah. And Max Aaron's was linked heavily with Liverpool, so maybe that happens eventually. Um, I don't know if we need him because of Trent, but you could always use some depth. Uh, we're going to talk about that later because I was very impressed with uh, Robertson's backup this weekend. But, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so uh, CDM Conte's locked in. We need to get the next center mids. So was there anything that we agreed on? Yeah, KDB, but he's knocked out now. So, uh, I mean, I'm up for whoever you guys want to go with. Um, who who's your yeah? Who's your strong? Who's your most confident pick, Adam? Well, after KDB, I had Basuma, and uh, I'd, I'd fight to have a Basuma. Ideally, I reckon a Basuma with a Bruno would work can, quite nicely. I can go for that. That works for me. Okay. Now I picked. Pogba, obviously. Uh, no arguments here that that uh, Pogba is going to go and uh, not going to go in favor of Bruno. No arguments anywhere. Because no, I'm fine either way. You know what, Luke? You can decide. Go on then. Who do you prefer, Bruno or Pogba? Who's your boy? See, I prefer to watch Pogba, but kind of take out the first game of the season just purely out of consistency I'm going to say Bruno even though he's not super consistent I think Pogba can go quiet for a long period of times time even Mm -hmm. so I think Bruno's potentially the safer bet and also Pogba is he going to be worried about like if he's going to be looking for a move next year is he going to stop you know is is there going to be more of a worry about not getting injured so is he going to maybe pull out of 50-50s more and stuff like that I think for that reason, Bruno makes a bit more sense to me. Okay, that's fair with me. And to be fair, once Bruno got there, man, you really started to turn it around. Not like they were lighting the, the world on fire. They did have that nice little win streak in the beginning, but he really, like, I think he revitalized Pogba. Once he got there, Pogba was like, oh, I can play with this guy, you know? The, and he, thing, he seems like he's a locker room guy. That's what I was going to say. I think the thing is for me is, Pogba was 100% the scapegoat up until Bruno joined, right? And then Bruno kind of came in and it very much took the pressure off Pogba because there was another element of attacking. There was another element of creativity creativity coming into the team. And yeah. I think that allowed Pogba to more focus on his game instead of whatever was hindering before him before. Um, I think he's just done everyone really good. I know there's kind of so many people that, called Bruno overrated and stuff like that, which I think is fair. I think a lot of Man United fans act as if he's gold dust. Um, but I think you have to look at what he's done for the team instead of just like stats and penalties and whatever you want to look into. I think just looking at how much energy he's gave, given the team, um, that's why a lot of people rate him so highly. Yeah, I can't argue that. He's definitely made them better. Definitely made them better. I mean, now... You know, we had that conversation last week. Is it a four-team race? Is it a three-team race? But, you know, I think they'll be there at the end of the day. I don't know. I don't know if any, any team's going to reach 90 points again this year. I don't, it's, it's that tough of, of, a, of a league. Uh, real quick, top of your head, what do you guys think? Anybody breaking 90? I think if City bring in a striker, I see Kane. no reason why they if, – if they get Kane, I don't see why they, they shouldn't. Not even they could. I think they have to be looking at some serious points. Um, yeah. 
Isn't think- it crazy? The last couple of years, there's teams always around the hundred. And then you had the race with Liverpool and city. We lost that by one because of like a couple centimeters. And, and last year, no one even came close to 90. Really? It was a really tough year last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, last year was definitely weird, especially when, like you said, you take into account the, the years prior. Um, I don't think we're going to have another year like that. I think, I definitely think, A, it's it's a two-team race. I think it's very much between City and Chelsea. I do not see United or, I guess you could argue, Leicester kind of being in that, not really Leicester, but I, I can't see United being in that mix at all. Um, yeah, Liverpool's like Adams, 2-0. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm 50-50 on Liverpool. I think they can do really well. Yeah. And for, I don't know. I've just got a feeling they're going to drop off come January. That's my feeling. I don't know why. Um, but I can see them getting to January and then losing a little bit or maybe just not keeping up with Chelsea and, uh, and City. I do think they'll come ahead of United, which is a little bit sad. Um, but I think we've Oli in charge. I don't think they're, I don't think they're in that race at all. And any retort, Adam, or should we get back to picking this team? We'll come on to Liverpool in a, in a, in a bit because I've, <laughs> okay. I've got a lot to say. All so right, yeah, like. let's let's get to the games. Um, all right, so we got to pick the front three here, boys. Uh, so left wing, did we have anyone in common? I think I'm all not, three of us were different. Yeah, I'm not sure. So we have Saka, and then we have Sun, and I picked Adama. So, yeah, I mean... It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm, I, I'm good. Wait, is there anyone we picked from Spurs yet? No, not yet. On the, no. on the official on the official list, then I, no. I would say it's got to be Son. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay, easy peasy there. All right, let's save the hard one for last. What do you think on right wing? So we got Saint Saint Maximum Salah, which Salah can't be picked anymore, and uh, my pick was. Sar. So again, I'm willing to give this to St. Maximum if you guys are. Yeah, yeah I think he's a live wire. We've I'd say Sar if he's got a little bit more creativity around him that could play him through a bit more and give him more opportunities. But yeah, I think St. So Maximum is just a joy to watch. Yeah. Just an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Uh, okay, striker. We got Danny Ings. We got my boy Patrick Banford. Or we got. Oh wait, didn't you pick Lukaku? I picked Kane. I pick Kane. So Kane's oh, out. Kane. So Kane's out. Okay. So Ings versus Bamford. Bamford. Uh, That's I'd a tough favor, one. I'd favor Ings. So would I. Point. All right. You know what? I'll take Ings. For, former Liverpool guy. Fine with me. He was actually someone that I, I was trying to pick, uh, trying to think about. So, all right. Good job here, guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get into the breakdowns now. All right. I'm gonna put a little edit in there. Um, who is the left wing again? Son? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll tweet this out or something. That's pretty cool. That's um, a good team. Yeah. All right, yeah. So before we get back into the uh, into the breakdown, do you got it all up and ready, Adam? Yeah, yeah I've got all the results, goal scores and stuff. So, um... <clears throat> Okay. Do, do we do an update on the uh, score yet for all of us? I can do. I think we said we're gonna do that at the end, didn't we? And then we each pick off okay, for going true, into true. the weekend. Yeah, um, I'm gonna start making your, a spreadsheet now because it's gonna get bigger and bigger. What were we gonna say? 
Did you want me to like say anything to set up or just go straight into? Oh, I'll set you up. Yeah, I'll set you up right now. Okay, so that was our combined 11 without using the same players from the same team. This is actually really hard to do. I would love to see what you guys come up with. Come up with your own 11s and email cinevaders at gmail.com and we'll talk about it on the show. And if there's any spots that you're like, nah, it should be this person, this person, send them in. But anyway, here is our lineup. We have Sun, Denny Ings, St. Maximum, Bruno Fernandez, Gola Conte, Bus- uh, Busama, Kieran Tierney, Virgil van Dijk, Ruben Diaz, Max Ahrens, and Schmeichel. That's a pretty good team. No bad. Yeah, pretty it's not team. bad. Especially beating with the Arsenal. rules. <laughs> yeah, that's beating Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, especially with the rules that we had to to follow there. I mean, I, I, could, I could see this, this team scoring a lot of goals. You got a lot of natural goal scorers. You got a lot of players that are very good at specific things. Like, dude, imagine Conte and Virgil. How are they going to get by them? It's pretty tough. But, uh, okay, so let's get into the weekly breakdown. Adam's going to kick it off this week. So, uh, yeah, read us the scores, and we'll give, give our thoughts. All right, first kickoff of the, first kickoff of the week, early kickoff, Liverpool 2, Burnley 0, goals from Jota um, to throw my two pence in, I thought it was a, a very dominating display. Um, Burnley didn't play bad, actually. They had a couple of chances, one which was offside from Ashley Barnes, which was, uh, if anyone saw his goal ruled offside, it was quite funny because he scores, gave it a bit to the Anfield crowd, and then it got ruled off for offside and then got a bit annoyed when the crowd gave it back to him. But I thought, yeah. um, again, like I said last week, watching Van Dijk do those diagonal balls, opening up the pitch, especially for that second goal, Amazing and shout out, shout out to Harvey Elliott, who's who looks looks the real deal. Yeah, he really does. And uh, I also got to give my sh- a shout out to Jota, man. He just seems to get better and better wow. and better. And uh, I, I don't know how Klopp does it, man. He finds these players for such cheap deals in today's market and he turns them into complete studs at their position. And, uh, you know, it gives Bobby a bit of a break. Uh, do you ever see a scenario with all four of them on the field for an extended period of time? We had it before last season, but I think, look, I don't think we're going to sign a striker this season. I think, I mean, Shakir has just gone to Leon, but I yeah. very much think Harvey Elliott's his replacement. I think if we shift to Rigi, then maybe, but from what I've seen from the first two games, Jota is... St- slowly evolving into a bit of a number nine. And what I mean by that is he's not having a lot of touches in these games, but he's he's there at the right moment, scoring the goals. And uh, just to reply to what Luke said earlier, I think what Liverpool's gone under the radar a little bit. Obviously, I'm going to think that. But last season, look, we finished third with Nat Phillips, Reese Williams at the back, Henderson, Fabinho playing times at the back. Um, but now we've got everyone full str- full strength, and Thiago, um, and Jota. So we've added two players to what two seasons ago was a title-winning team. So they're definitely they're definitely in there. It's going to be tough to beat them. And next Sunday against Chelsea, next Saturday, sorry, against Chelsea, that'll be the, the big test, but it's at Anfield. So. In, you know, the one I think in, is interesting is uh, your new backup left-back. I forgot his name. Samikas. Samikas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he looks so comfortable already. I think he's, he's young, right? Yeah he's, oh, yeah, he's quite young. I'm not sure of his age, but you know, I whisper, I, I whisper it quietly, but there's some things he can do better than Robertson. 
Now I love Ooh. Robertson, but there's 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 a few bits. You know, he's got he can use his right foot, which is I think if you're going to pick a weakness in Robertson's game, it is that that he hasn't got the right foot. Um, but no, he played very well. Yeah, yeah, he did, and and actually, I'm pretty sure like he was receiving a lot of hate last season because he wasn't really performing when he had to play, but he really stepped up and played his ass off. I mean, he was man of the match, right? He was man of the match in my book. I think as well, like on that point, I think some fans forget the first season, especially when you haven't played in the Premier League, like or any league. Like the adapting can take a while. It's almost like the first season is kind of a write-off depending on obviously your experience. But I think even to start the season as strong as he had has, I think that's still impressive um, for his age. Well, and also yeah. coming into that team, you know, it's it's pretty hard, especially like with Robertson ahead of you, to look good because obviously everyone's going to compare you to Robertson, right? Like if you're playing in the same position for the same team. So I think to come in and for fans to be happy with you, solid. And look, I mean, yeah. Klopp's done it before. He he gives players time. He doesn't put them in straight away. Robertson had the same. Robertson didn't play until Moreno at the time got injured. And then mm-hmm. he came in and started performing. And I think you've seen the same here. Probably see the same with Canate as well. But yeah, nice 2-0 win. Top of, or second in the league on goal difference. But yeah, big game on Saturday. And then moving to uh, the afternoon kickoffs. Bit of a weird one still to get used to. I don't know if you have it there in the States. I think you have every game on TV. But in England, I mean... In England, when it gets to our three PM kickoffs, they don't show them on TV, so you're having to rely on um, rely on Sky Sports to keep mm. you updated. It's a bit weird getting used to because during COVID they decided to put every game on TV with no fans, but now the fans are back. So I guess we'll start with probably the the most boring dull game of of the weekend: Palace nil, Brentford nil. Anyone see the highlights for this? Any opinions? I I did. I took zero notes. It was <laughs> even the highlights were boring. They're more like lowlights. Um, yeah, just the, like, yeah. The only the only highlight I can give this, or you know, something nice I can say about this, is that Brentford get another point. You know, their first their first two games in in the EPL, and they got three points. So, you know, good for them. It was a boring game, but you know, they got another point. So they might be that team. They might be that team this year. That that sneakily sneak. You know they finish around 10th, something like that, that they could be better than people think, you know, you never know. And I think just a quick word on Palace. Um, I'm quite fond of Palace. I think they've got, I guess in terms of in England, I think they've got probably the most European style stadium and, and atmosphere, but I hope that they give Vieira time because this sort of happened a few seasons ago with, with De Boer. I mean, they, they went on an incredible losing streak but it's what happens when they had Hodgson. Now they've got Vieira who's trying to change a whole style. And these players are used to being so compact. So knowing exactly their positioning with Vieira now trying to play some attacking fluid football that I think it's going to take them time. But it's whether the owners look at it and think, can we afford to go down for us to play some nice attractive football? But yeah, then moving on, we've got Villa 2, Newcastle nil. So this was goals from... Danny Ings, goal of the season contender already, and then a penalty from from El Ghazi. Um, but yeah, Villa Villa bounced back after that defeat to Watford. Yeah, Dan, what do you reckon? Of, what do you make of that? What do you make of Ings' goal? 
yeah, spectacular goal. And Ings is a type of player. He reminds me of like Jamie Vardy light. Like obviously he's not as good as Jamie Vardy, but the guy he the guy scores. That's all he does is score. I remember when he was coming off the bench with Liverpool and he'd come in and score every now and then. And you know, players like him and sadly Shakiri didn't get enough playing time so they have to go elsewhere, but he he's he's the type of guy I just love watching play because he has such determination to get to the ball. And that's that that's like it's a tenacity that you can't teach. He loves it. He needs it. So, yeah, I I love that player. You think he goes under the radar a little bit? Do I think? Well, I'm sorry. Go on. I was going to say I was I was surprised that he's gone to Villa, to be honest, Um, because in my opinion, if I was if I was Man City, Daniel Levy's playing hardball with with Harry Kane. I turn to Southampton, I put in that 30 million for Danny Ings. You take him for one season, then next year bring in Haaland or Mbappe. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Completely. It seems for for some reason that, you know, the top six clubs just don't see has, see him as like a goal scorer, which is what he is. But um, I think he's going to continue to score. I really do. I think he's going to have a really nice season with Aston. And, and the fact that, you know, they had to lose Graylish, it's – you know, it's not the best replacement, but it's a great it's a great replacement for them to keep them in the EPL so that they don't have to slip down. But also El Ghazi, man, watch out for him. I like this player. Yeah, he's a nice player. Um, some of my some of, some of our friends are a bit annoyed though because they've got Ings in their fantasy and he didn't take the penalty. But um, oh. but yeah, so two 0 Villa. Then moving on, I know I said three pm kickoffs in England we can't watch on TV. Not saying I did watch it on a stream, but I have watched 90 minutes of what was a cracking game between Leeds and Everton, the two-all. So we had um, Calvert-Lewin fire them ahead um, from the from the penalty spot, went to VAR. We then have uh, click click equalised to make it one-all, and then uh, Damari Gray, which was a nice a nice buy from Leverkusen for one million, make it two-one, and then Rafina with an absolutely beautiful goal from just outside the box another player like St Maximin that is just an absolute joy to watch and and Leeds again attacking wise they're just they're just brilliant to watch and yeah they they got beat 5-1 and they'll probably get beat by five goals but they'll give some some teams some hammering hammerings and it was also good to see Ellen Road for the first time because they didn't get to last season full stadium because Leeds such a historically big club seeing them back in the prem with their fans brilliant yeah yeah, that's I thought, great. Um, I thought Calvert Lewin was a little unlucky not to. Uh, I think he could have got a hat trick on another day. You think so? Yeah. Ball just didn't, got... didn't bounce his way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I, I mean, I think it was, was it the first, first or second chance of the game? The ball was crossed into him and he just got there a little bit late. Um, and then there was another opportunity later in the game. I, I forget. Mm-hmm if it was the, the first half or the second half. But I think on another day, he could have got a hat-trick. Yeah, he's a good player. Who, who do you guys prefer, him or Richarlison? Oh, I'll probably say Calvert-Lewin. Same. I don't really... I think Richarlison's a bit overrated. Does some nice stuff every now and again, but not consistent. I think Calvert-Lewin, in terms of a big man, number nine striker, I could... You know what? I could see him... I could see him at United, whether that would go well, but I could see that that type of move for him in the, in the future. I um, think if Chelsea didn't get Lukaku, I think that yeah. would have been a solid backup. 
for them because yeah. that's like Chelsea needed that that target man like like a brute of a of a number nine um and I think if you're not going to get Lukaku and you still want someone that's going to be able to muscle their way in and be a present in the presence in the box I think he's like very much a good good backup um player yeah backup player it's in if they weren't getting Lukaku not backup players in starting on the bench yeah, uh, I also like Rapinha, uh, Rapinha a lot. He's he's a pretty good player. I mean, Leeds still has some decent guys. You know, they got Stuart Dallas, obviously Patrick Bamford, Jack Harrison, Calvin Phillips. So, you know, all isn't lost for them. So they, they should be able to still compete. But, yeah. I think they're going to struggle. You think they're going to oh. struggle all year? I disagree. I think I think they could push top, top eight. I just think they're... Really? Yeah, I just think their philosophy of football of man on man... Be better than your man. Pressure, pressure, high up the pitch. And when they break, they're just they're, they're great to watch. And I think, I mean, last season they finished, you know, top half of the table, and they've made some some additions. They've signed a Firpo from Barcelona. Whether they make any more towards the end of the season, I think Bielsa is such a good manager that no, I, they won't struggle. I'd, I'd put money on right now that they'll finish top half again, um, and they'll give some teams they'll give some teams some some beatings. Interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to get relegated by any means. But I, I just, yeah, I think the other side of the top ten for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm still undecided. I, I, I could see both of your points, but right, if I had a guess, I'd say they finished around tenth. So, we'll see. You're in the middle. You're yeah. at, like smack bang. Yeah, right in the middle. Um, moving on to Manchester City versus Norwich, five nil against Norwich. Uh, you know, Norwich, a terrible start to the season, but they're playing Liverpool then City. So we had an own goal, Jack Grealish's first goal, which, you know, wasn't the greatest goal. He, whether he meant it, sort of just come off come off his knee. Um, celebrations to, I don't know, he's, he's celebration, he put both fingers in his ears almost to say that he's not listening to, to the doubters, but I don't really think anyone's really been doubting him, but who knows what he's on about. Um, Laporte, Sterling, and then Mares. Um, Dan, I know you like to talk about them, so tell us about this Man City win. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it seems like City always beats up on certain teams, and that's what really helps their goal differential towards the end of the season. Because if you look, they'll have so many games that are like five nothing, four nothing, three nothing. Like it just happens. So I feel like once you get behind on City. Obviously, it's really hard to recoup. And with a team like Norwich, they just don't have it. I mean, Timu Puki, when he came up a couple of years ago, he yeah, he had like, what, a month or two where he was playing really well and scoring a lot of goals. But to, to me, this team is going to go right back down. And honestly, I think they should sell Max Ahrens. I, I don't know when, but I think they should be looking to sell him to get as much as they can from him. What about you guys? Do you think him ending up somewhere else? Well, I think so. yeah, I think he will. Well, it was actually, I think it was today or yesterday, um, like one of the senior board members or something of, of Norwich actually come out and said they view themselves as a as a sort of top top 24 club. So mm. they, they view themselves as a club that in the top 24 of the league. So in the Premier League, down to the championship, but at the top of the championship, you know, they, they live within their means. You know, they don't spend money they don't have. They get the parachute payments every time they get relegated. Um, definition of a yo-yo club. But I mean, watching, I, I watched the highlights for this. 
but the defending was absolutely shocking. Like it was, it was appalling. It was trademark City goals, ball, ball down the line on the byline, crossing it in, tapping, and they yeah. let that happen pretty much every time. Yeah, isn't, it was terrible. Isn't there an outrageous stat about how many goals Tim Krul? Is it Tim Krul? Yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim Krul. Um, how many goals he's conceded against City? In the last like five five times they played, yeah. they just get absolutely isn't it like brutalized. either like four or five nil pretty much every time. Yeah, it's bad, and, and that's what I mean. They just like they they beat up on certain teams, uh, but you know I, I wouldn't be too concerned either way with it, except if you're Norwich. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Todd Cantwell? You like him? I think he when they were first, when they were up in the prem a couple of years ago he was being spoken about as making a sort of move to a top 6 club i don't really see that anymore unless he has a really great season i just think that the hype around him has died out a bit um I, you know what i could see him making a move to a sort of a stronger team in the prem but more mid table you know like like an aston villa for I'd example agree. but i think the hype around him has, has slowly died so he's going to have to take a step to a mid-tier to get to that top six at this point. I think so, yeah. And unless yeah. he has an absolute blinder of a season, which I just don't see happening. Could that happen in January or when the season's over? I reckon when the season's over. Yeah. Okay. Because he, he seems like he wants to have a chance to play for a great team. But like you said, he's going to have to prove it. So, you know, between him and Max Aarons, I'd be very surprised if they're both on the team next year. I could see them both being gone, especially if they get relegated again. All right. I think Aarons could be one that, like, if any of them were going to leave in January or January even, I think it would be Aarons. I think, I think um, with injuries coming into play, I think someone might uh, pick him up. But I think what what tends up ending what ends up happening is that you know if, if a club wants to look at Max Aaron's in January they'll just look and think well Norwich are going to get relegated we'll get him for a much cheaper that's true price once they've got relegated at the end rather than unless they're desperate of course that's yeah. what I was about to say it depends how desperate because yeah, if, all of a sudden if if a club in that kind of I'd argue in the top eight you know if they if they're first right back's injured and you're in that point of like we need to buy someone. Yeah, I mean, like, like Liverpool. What are you going to do? Play Milner in the rest of the season? You know, you're going to need somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he's young. He's got Premier League experience, and he's pr- proved he can do the job. So, you might yeah. have to play a bit more. But if you're in that situation, you do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, moving on to the, the final game on Saturday. So we had Brighton to uh, Watford nil. So after a great result against Villa, Watford defeat to, to Brighton with goals from Duffy and, and Mope. Um, again, like I said last season, uh, last week, I like Brighton. They play great football. Last season, they played great football, but just couldn't find the back of the net. And it looks like that rub of the green mm-hmm. is finally happening. Um, See, so yeah, I think they're a team to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like Mope a lot. He he's a he's a very good player. It's, it's he's he's somebody that I feel like could take that next step as well. You know, maybe not, maybe not top six, but maybe a Leicester or maybe uh, Aston Villa or or somebody like that 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 is better than than Brighton. But yeah, Brighton surprised me so far. I think they look pretty good. I really and do. Basuma, Basuma, such a great player. Liverpool need a Wijnaldum replacement. United just need a midfielder that's got that box to box energy that can can win the ball. Um, Arsenal could do with a box-to-box midfielder. You know, there's clubs out there that 
I don't know why they haven't gone in for him yet, but he is he's gonna be he's gonna be a really good player. Yeah. Do you, do you think he'll be there on the first of September? Mm. Yeah, I I think so. Um I just I mean, what what do we know? But from from everything we've heard, it just doesn't sound like any clubs have gone in for him. That's what I was gonna say. Has there been any kind of it's it's funny really because Brighton, I can't remember his name, but they actually signed a a, a what you'd consider a replacement player in the summer who hasn't been able to play yet because Basuma's still there. So I reckon they were expecting bids, but who knows? Maybe the pro- the problem is Brighton have just sold Ben White to Arsenal for fifty million, different positions, but Basuma is a better player than Ben White. So mm. what they'll be asking for him might put a few teams off. Yeah. Do you think this is the problem now, like in the Premier League, when, because small, not smaller clubs, but clubs that are outside the top six can ask stupid money for, um, for a lot of players? That's just the way it is, right? I mean, it, it seems like, it seems like really if a player wants to go somewhere, they'll find a way to get there. And, in that, if that's the case, then the team will be like, "Well, you got to pay this." So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, unless you're Harry Kane. That's what I was about to say. Stuck, then you're just stuck. But we're seeing the opposite with Kane. I, I don't think he's going to move now, personally. Um, mm. I don't know. I think City might put in one one last bid to blow him out of the water, whether they've I, left it too late. Who knows? That's the thing. I so a I I don't think it's an issue of like I think City if Spurs give a price, I think City will pay it, but I just with what like 10 days not not even that less than or just over a week left of the seat of the uh transfer window how I, much how much would they honestly pay though like max i reckon, I reckon no, 150 i think 150 i reckon they'll go in 150 or maybe they'll offer a couple of players but City i think can the issue is now finding replacement because you know i think tottenham wanted uh, martinez from inter and either they refused on the spot or they were asking too much. I'm not sure what the situation was, but I think Tottenham would really struggle to get like a top quality number nine in, in time. And you have to think about it, right? Like if they go and sell Kane, or even if they go and look for a back, uh, another option now, everyone's going to know they're going to have money. Everyone's going to know they're going to have 100 to 150 million. So all of a sudden, whoever they're looking at, that club's thinking, cool, let's bump the price up 50 million. Yeah, Danny Ings was there. Danny Ings was there, but he was. who knows? It's a does, tough situation. Does 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 uh throwing in Gabriel Jesus help at all if they threw him in? I don't think no. to be honest, after seeing this weekend's game, I think Guardiola might not want to get rid of Jesus. He's he's sort of turning him Jesus as Jesus has always said that he's not a number nine. He he prefers playing out on the wing. Yeah. And I know City have got an abundance of wingers, but I think I can see him staying. I think if anyone goes, it might be Laporte, whether that's to another club to mm. generate money, mm. City to throw at Harry Kane or, or putting him in, in the deal. But it's, it's still one to watch. I, I, it's still still a twist and turn. But moving on to... Very complicated for Spurs. Anyway, that's the last thing I was saying. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, moving on to moving on to Sunday's game. And, and we've got Southampton 1 and title contenders, Manchester United. I hate you. <laughs> you know they're going to win the league. They beat Leeds five-one. Here we go, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Do you want me to just cover this for you? One-one <laughs> with one-one uh, with Southampton. Um, United go go through go through take the lead with with Greenwood a Greenwood goal. 
Uh, and then Southampton with, um, I can't, uh, Shea Adams taking the shot, but deflection come off Fred, so it counts as an own goal. All I'm going to say is, I said last week, let's what, see what happens when they come up against a team that sit back a bit more, or a bit more organised, and let's see what happens. And I think this was typical United. They've got all this attacking talent going forward, but there's nothing to connect it between the defence and the midfield. And and you know what as well, what I'm going to say Another another reason why I just don't think Solskjaer's the man. You had we'll, we'll come on to Chelsea Arsenal later, but you had you had Tuchel. Lukaku hadn't even I think had a proper preseason, and Tuchel's like, no, we've bought him, we're putting him in. Sancho and Varane, especially Varane, isn't that common sense? Yeah, I don't know you've why got, Varane's you, not being thrown got, in. You've got this like you have Lukaku, so I'll use Chelsea as an example, right? So you have Lukaku. Even if he's not fully fit, you start him, right? If he gets to the 60th, 70th minute and he's looking burnt out, cool, take him off. But they, Sancho and Varane have had well over, well over a week's worth of training. Okay, Varane, about a week. Varane is better than any defender we have, right? Even two days of, of training start him. I can't understand for the life of me why you'd start Martial, who just does not look comfortable, looks lazy. Why you start him instead of Sancho? Because it yeah. makes more sense to have Sancho on the right, play Greenwood through the middle, which is what he prefers and where he's best. That just the decision-making doesn't make sense to me. And then even off that, we're still playing McTominay and Fred, okay, not together on Sunday. Not together on Sunday. But you still have Van der Beek on the bench and it, it just blows my mind how Oli is just leaving so much talent on the bench and leaving it far too late into a game to make changes. Um, so I completely agree with you. I think I, I'd love Oli to do well. I'd, I'd love to see him win something, but I think his his journey ends with steadying the ship and then you bring in someone that can bring that win, winning mentality and, and push you to that next stage. I, you, you're not going to win anything with playing Fred and McTominay. Fred especially was horrendous. Um, you know I could, what? The, I can talk for ages about this. It's devastating. You know what it seemed like to me? It, it seemed like he was actually trying to like outsmart himself for because sure. because he brought in uh, Sancho at the 59th minute, and you, you got to remember, you guys just tied it up at the 55th minute. So he, in his mind, he's like, "Oh, we tied it up. Sancho's going to come in and win the game. Just start him." Like, it doesn't make any sense not to start him. I don't get I totally agree. And it's, and it's not like him and Varane were just sitting at home, like sitting on their ass. Like they, it's they're in great shape, like play, play them. It doesn't make any sense. So the one thing I will say is the, the obvious choice is right to start Varane over Lindelof. Okay. But after watching the weekend, I think Maguire is the one that's looking to be struggling more. And I think it's now, it, it could soon be a conversation of, do you start Lindelof and Varane? Because Maguire just does not look comfortable. He doesn't look fit. Um, so that that could really sway things as well. But either, whichever way you want to look at it, Varane should be starting next to whoever. Yeah. It, it just does not make sense to me how he's on the bench. Um, even like we were saying with the whole Lukaku thing, like if he's not fully fit, cool. Get as far as you need to get in the game and then bring him off as soon as he looks a bit tired. But right. at least give him minutes. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's... It was dreadful to watch. I mean, United looked like they could have scored another for like the majority of the game um, and then just let it go. And then just for the last 15 minutes, just 
handed it all back to Southampton. And to be honest, I think we were lucky not to concede again. I think, uh, I can't a remember. great chance. Armstrong. It was Shea Adams. Oh, Armstrong. Armstrong had a great chance. De Gea did well, but yeah. Armstrong should have done more. And then that, that would have been a loss. So I think arguably relied on luck to even get a draw. Um, but, so, um, but yeah, and, uh, apologies. Southampton went 1-0 up and then United equalised not the other way around. Yeah. But I think um, also... I think United are going to be one that struggle with the striker situation. And and the reason I'm saying that is I know, I know people want to see Greenwood through the middle, but every interview Solskjaer's done, it looks like he's going to, for now, keep him out wide. Um, yeah. And then I know we've got Cavani coming back. I know due to quarantine reasons, he hasn't been able to have a proper pre-season, so he's not ready yet. But when with all the cup competitions in Europe, Cavani can't play every single game. So I think I think they're they're one that they're going to struggle and Martial it it pains me as a as a Liverpool fan. There's very few United players I actually like. Pogba being one of them. The other was was Martial. I just think when he first came to the league, there was so much promise, and the ball at his feet was not on on the level, but it reminded me like Henri the close tight dribbling and and the finishing. But just seeing him, he looks like a, a shadow of whatever we thought he could be. What do you think it was? Do you think it's a confidence thing or do you think it's... I think it's... Not, a, not that bothered. He, we can say it's not that bothered. I think that's an easy cop-out to sometimes say a player just doesn't look bothered because I don't it think though? it... Because, yeah, because you I, have to look at him now, right? So at the moment, Cavani's not there. Greenwood's not playing through the middle. This is literally his absolute time to, to like cement the number nine for himself. And he's just not, like there doesn't look like any fire in him to do so. I think it's more confidence than, than not, not bothered because um, I, I just think Solskjaer wouldn't have him on the pitch if he wasn't bothered. I think his confidence has gone, you know, he had Mourinho as a manager, not the best relationship that shot him down. And then now this, I, I just think he needs to get out of the club and, and find himself. We We were talking Luke and myself the other night and we think somewhere like somewhere like Italy could really suit him somewhere where he can you know rejuvenate his career because he 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 was a uh, expected a lot from him I remember when he first signed for United for a big sum of money there was a lot of a lot of promise but but yeah it'll be it was his debut against Liverpool right and he yeah and he scored a great goal yeah yeah um, yeah like skip for the defense sometimes a chain change of scenery is the best thing you could ask for you know yeah it, yeah it, it really is so. I think Italy. I think Italy's where he's going to end up. I can really see him at Inter. Um, that's that's where I think he'll be. Um, I don't know when it's going to be though. I think he should be shifted sooner, sooner rather than later. You know, we look forward to following title contender Manchester United's journey through through this season and see where it ends up. Um, <laughs> but at the same time as this game, we had Spurs first Wolves. Spurs won one nil with a with a with a Deli Alley penalty. Um, Wolves. You know, statistic-wise, possession shots, they, they sort of looked like they dominated the game, but Spurs had their chances as well. don't know if any of you saw Bergwijn, amazing skill on the byline, took three players oh, out Oh, man, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. I really yeah. like Bergwijn. Yeah, and that, well, that's what... I think he's solid. That's what Spurs fans want to see from him because that's what, you know, clips from the Dutch League, that's what sort of player we saw, saw, saw he was. So um, I think, though, looking at Spurs and... You know, they've just come out of the Mourinho era. They're now in the Nuno era. And Wolves fans will also recognise what the Nuno era looks like. 
I think the days of Spurs being this beautiful to watch attacking team, you know, this this team, personally, I'm not a fan of Spurs, so I wouldn't watch them in my spare time. But a lot of people would watch Spurs, you know, in the Pochettino days in their spare time when their team wasn't on because they were such a, a joy to watch. But I think now after Mourinho, and especially with Nuno, it's very much a sit back, soak up pressure and hit them on the counter-attack. Yeah, And I mean, they've got six points, so can't really complain. They're winning, but I just think they're not going to be good on the eye to watch. And I would expect them to have a lot of Portuguese players in the next couple of years. That seems to be his strategy, Nuno. But, um, but yeah, they squeezed out another one nothing win, you know? I mean, what, what do you think is more impressive, that they're 2-0 or that Wolves are 0-2? Or what, what's, what's the bigger storyline here? I think Wolves have got a bit of the, from what I've seen of the last two games, Wolves have got a bit of the Brighton of last season of the, They've, they've, they make the chances. They make a lot of chances, but they just don't find the back of the net. Uh, Traore had another great chance, and it's almost like he had flashbacks of last week when he was through on goal and thought, mm-hmm. God, I missed so bad last last week. I just need to hit the target. And he didn't even really test Larice. Um, I mean, they're talking about Spurs going in for Traore as well. But I just think, yeah, I just think they need to, you know, Jimenez needs to get on the, on the score sheet and then they'll kick on from there. But... I don't really worry for them because I think I think they've got the the squad. There's there's worse teams out there. All right. Now, what about Spurs being two and zero? I mean, they beat City and now they beat Wolves, who are you know pretty much a mid table team, but not bad. So uh, two total goals. But uh, what do you think? You they lost them? midweek though. Let's not forget about that. Let's throw that out there. They lost in the Europa League right, conference right, game. They right. are one nil down. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I think I think they'll improve on last season but last season they were dreadful but I still think their ceiling is the sort of Europa League finish I think um, we're going to come on to West Ham in in a bit but I, I actually watching West Ham the last two weeks they're so much better to watch and I actually I think West Ham could finish above them again this season which would be brilliant hey man I, I believe what... it West Ham's playing really well <laughs> they really are we're going to get to them soon but um, but yeah, um, but then moving on to to the big game on Sunday, two um, 0 at the Emirates, Chelsea beating Arsenal with with goals from Lukaku and and Reece James and um, Luke, you've been going on about Lukaku for a while. What did you make of of his debut for Chelsea? He bullied them, like that's it. He just absolutely bullied them. I don't. I think Chelsea as a team didn't even get out of second gear. I think they were comfortable. I think just bullied them I think it's as simple as that I think yeah it, it was just a, comfortable they did what they needed to do and they were quite happy holding on to that um I know Tuchel's probably happier just keeping a clean sheet than going after four or five goals um so yeah I think they just did what they needed to do they conserved their energy and I, th- I think Chelsea like I keep saying it but I, I think Chelsea could be the outsider to win the league. Well, not really the outsider, but I think if anyone's really going to challenge City, I know you say Liverpool, but I think it will be Chelsea. They're a good team. I'm, I'm not definitely not hiding the fact that they are definitely a good team. And when you say they hammer, they bullied them, they bullied them. 65% to 35% possession, 22 shots, five on net to six shots, three on net. It was just an onslaught. So, uh, yeah, not good. For good old Arsenal fans out there, sorry, you guys do not look good right now. But uh, Chelsea 
does look very, very good. I I really don't think they were even this gonna sound bad. I don't even think they were trying that hard. You think I they think gave they, up? Or Chelsea? Chelsea. I think they were just like, yeah. cool, we've done what we needed to do. Let's not let's not burn ourselves out. You know, let's just ride out the game. Arsenal are not gonna really be a threat. So let's chill. Did, you know what? If I've got to play a bit of devil, devil's advocate, because we can't turn this podcast into a constant Arsenal bashing, um, <laughs> I'll give true. them a bit of. Well, uh, they were missing some. Let's let's give them some some yep. benefit of that. They were missing key players. Ben White, um, Ben White out with 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 COVID, um, unfortunately. And you know, I know he had a torrid time against Tony, but he's a lot of a better. He's a better defender than than Mari or, or Holding. Uh, Lacazette out, Aubameyang out. Mm-hmm. Parte still injured, but I think looking at that game, Arteta, I've got a feeling if it wasn't the first game of of their first home game of the season with a with a semi packed out Emirates Stadium for the first time in a while, I think he would have gone for that that three at the back and played played the wing backs and sort of matched Chelsea. But I think I think he was under a bit of pressure to try and sort of not play that style at home because I think what you then saw in the second half they did become a bit more compact in defence and tried to think okay we're, we're down 2-0 let's not make it any worse because I think at 2-0 Arsenal fans in the stadium sort of saw it as a well, Chelsea are just a better team but I think if it started to get 3 or 4 then that's when it would turn and, and you don't want to see that but I just think again real lack of leadership I mean Do you, do you think um do you think Arteta is like the main issue here? Do you think if he goes and they bring someone else in, all of their problems go away? Because to me, I I don't know who comes in and no makes I, that I, big difference. I honestly don't. I think I still think Arteta isn't the one to take them forward from what we've seen at the moment and what we've seen last year. Um, I still don't see what he's trying to do style wise, um, but I just think that some of their recruitment has just been been shocking uh for example i mean let's take a, a bum yang and I, I know he come on and and i don't think he really done much when he come on but i think you know they give a bum yang a lot of money to sign a new contract a couple of seasons ago and i just think that is a sim that's another case of i see i don't know if you can, I, I don't i don't know if it's backfired last season you know there's a lot of things to take into account right like he was ill he had a lot. He had a couple, a couple injuries. I think, or was was it just? Yeah, but I just still think he. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, there was a there was a genuine, genuine argument to say who is better, Harry Kane or Aubameyang, a, a few seasons ago. Yeah, I remember. Now, that. if you, yeah, now if you bring it up in conversation, you get laughed at. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think you know they've spent the most. They've spent the most in this transfer window until City go and buy Kane. They've spent the most and. What I think you you we can we can tell is that I think they're going to back Arteta because they've yep. bought all young players, so they they they're looking at the future. So that that has to have Arteta in mind. And I think though, although in the long run that could work out because you know I think it was Lokonga in midfield. He he looks quite a nice player that could evolve, and Ben White could still become a good mm-hmm. defender. Um, and they've got Tierney and Saka and Smith Rowe. So they're very much a team that actually in three or four years... And Odegaard as well. Yeah. And Odegaard they've brought in in three or four, and Ramsdale, uh, although Leno had, had a, made it's a, a weird one. great save against Lukaku. I don't know why you're spending 30 million on oh, I agree. It makes no sense. relegated multiple times. But I think, um, I think 
in a few years, yeah, that's promising. But you still, at the same time, need to address the short term because um, they've got Man City next week. Mm. I think they will lose. And then after that, they've got the international break and they come back and their fourth game's against Norwich. Norwich have been shocking. But if Norwich lose next week, you've got two teams who are on awful runs going into, into mm-hmm. a game and it doesn't really matter. That could go either way. And then you start to think, oh, this is looking bad. But that's my opinion. Dan, do Dan think... what do you reckon? No, I mean, you made a lot of good points there. I mean, not much else I can really add to that. I mean, I I totally agree. I mean, they do have that young talent, like you guys mentioned, like Tierney and Saka. Uh, they do have they do have certain players to to help them out. But right now, I mean, when's Aubameyang going to come back? Is there any word on that at all? Well, he came off the bench yesterday. Um, didn't really do much, but I think it's whether you actually it's whether he's even a starter anymore. Okay, I see. Yeah, he came in late. Um. Yeah, I know. But like, what can you even get from him if you want to sell him? Can't get much anymore, can you? No. No, that time that time had passed. So it's just about cutting yeah. loose ends. And I think if they wanted to get decent money from it, it would have had to have been last season, because I think there was still like that little bit to to kind of argue. Um, uh, you know, you know, it's a shame. Uh, Harry Kane would be perfect for this team, and I know it'll never happen, but he he really would be. But yeah, that don't ever happen. Could you imagine if it did happen? No, <laughs> in some other world, no. we're just like here's two two hundred million. Yeah, right. Come over it. Uh, it but, would work, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I am where I'm worried about them. But like we yeah. said, like we said last episode, they they're not in any uh, cups really. So towards the end of the season, they should have fresh legs compared to everybody else. So let's see if they can steal some games late late in that run but yeah i don't i mean i asked you guys if they could finish sixth and you were like uh i don't think so so, so. based based on the last two weeks i do have to ask do you both think there's a chance they could finish lower than when they, than where they finished last season i think they finished eighth yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah i 100% do they could yeah i mean which is not crazy well, i not, mean actually not really they're playing city next week right yeah, um, they're probably gonna get battered, and then they they're gonna play what Norwich after that. Yeah, is that what you said? Break. So they better beat Norwich. They better beat Norwich. Um, yeah, it, it could get really ugly really fast. And and I, and I think if they end up zero and five, Arteta's gone. I really do. I just yeah. don't know who you bring in to. to see I don't know either. I don't know either. But you know how, like, if you're getting rid of a manager, you can kind of be like, "Oh, I think if this person came in, they could really like take him at least to a next step, even if it's not where they want to be." You can see kind of some form of identity. I I don't know who they bring in. Yeah, it's a poison chalice at the moment. But yeah, but I think we'll you've see. just got you've just got an owner who doesn't care, and terrible recruitment. Let's get an Arsenal fan on here to uh to brighten the the day of they won't brighten Arsenal. the day. They won't brighten the day, trust me. They'll make just, it worse. <laughs> yeah, they'll make they it worse, trust happy. me. They're they're just about as as fed up and depressed about it. I statements <laughs> for out here. I think as Premier League fans go, I think Arsenal probably have the most toxic fans, which is a hell of a statement, but I think they're so quick to turn against managers. I know Arteta's been here a while, but I, I think, think I think the what what it is with with some Arsenal fans is that you've got a lot a lot of them that are still they they grew up and they're in their prime in the invincible yeah. era 
And, you know, it's a tough pill to take to see the demise and how far they've fallen. They, you know, it's how quick the, they've, when you think about it, it's yeah. been a rapid decline. You know, two, three years ago, you could still genuinely make the argument are Arsenal going to kind of squeeze their way into top six? And now we're sitting here saying, do you top think half. it's possible that they don't finish in the top half? In yeah. a couple seasons, how quick that's dropped off. Yeah, It's, and it's it, crazy. And it's realistic. Very realistic. You yeah. know? So you can understand why Arsenal fans are so... Yeah. Their youngsters are going to have to step it up. That's That's for sure. They're gonna have to yeah. step it up. Look, next week once they've beaten City one nil, we'll, we'll all have it gone. Can you imagine? So. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'd all want that to happen, right? Kieran Tierney with a free kick from the heavens—that would be beautiful. All right, um, moving on to the final game. So um, we're recording this uh, five ten minutes later than usual because the game just finished. But West Ham four, Leicester one. So we had. Um, it was a Great game from West Ham. For nows with the opener, Ben Rama with the second. Tillsman equalises with about 20, 25 minutes left. And then Antonio, one of the most unorthodox strikers. He used to play right back. He gets two of the goals. And I've just got to say, last season, I was one of, I wasn't one of West Ham's biggest fans. I was a bit of a, a doubt about actually, are they just riding a bit of luck with no fans in the stadium and, you know, didn't really give David Moyes that much credit. But I'll tell you what, after watching um, their game last week and then w- watching the full 90 of this, they they are, I think they could get Euro- Europa again next next season. They, they were great to watch. Ben Rama and Antonio have got a really nice link up going. And Sunyech in midfield, um, another cracking player. And mm-hmm. I hope, honestly, I hope, when it comes to the Europa League this season, I really want to see them go on a nice cup run. Um, I'd uh, like to see them go far. I think the Europa League is potentially the only reason they might miss out on top six. I don't know if they have the depth to yeah. go deep in a com- in a competition. Yeah. And like you said, like playing on the Thursday, then playing on a Sunday. Or no, well, sorry, playing on Wednesday, playing on other, you know what I mean? Well, um, maybe they could have a, a January window where they get a couple guys like that. But go on, because I, I have a big prediction. But yeah, I want to hear what you say first. No, that that was it. I think I'd like to see them get top six again. Um, but I think if there's any reason why they don't, I th- I think that's it. I think going deep into, into Europa League and maybe missing out with fitness and stuff like that. Um, but who knows? Anything uh, can happen, right? Okay. You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. This is this is my biggest hot take yet on Invader Sports. I just got a feeling with this team. They got eight goals already. Antonio's on fire. I'm a big Suchet guy. Love him. Love Fornells. Love Bowen. Love Ben Rama. I just, I like this team. I, I think they have what it takes. Now, I'm going to guarantee at least sixth place. That's one. And I'm going to say they're going to fight for fourth. I'm not saying they're going to win fourth, but they're going to fight and they're going to be right there at the end of the season. That's my big hot take. West Ham is my underdog of the season for sure. You know what? If the issue is they're starting 11 fully fit every game, they could, you know, they, they could push there because of their performances have been great. But 
we know we've seen, we've seen this before. I mean, look, look at last season. We had Villa and Villa and Everton playing great football oh, yeah. you know, at the very start, top of the league. And then it just tails off because they haven't got the squad depth or just at the end, the quality just isn't there. And I mean, West Ham, I think they've still only signed Ariola, um, who's still trying to get in his get in ahead of Fabianski. Um, they haven't made any other signings yet. And I think that could be their downfall. I sort of hope not because I quite like West Ham. I think they've got a good fan base and I'd like to see them do well. But is a is a player like Todd Cantwell? Is that is that an upgrade for him to go to West Ham? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an upgrade. Whether that's the sort of player they need, I, I honestly I think they'll think get Lingard. Lingard, yeah, bringing Lingard mm. back that that would be a good signing. Having him and Ben Rama link up, and then I do think they need a they need someone else to to fight for that number nine spot with Antonio because as great of a start of the season he's had, mm-hmm. um, there you they could take Martial, maybe yeah. Martial, yeah. I, I mean, don't care where he goes. They beat the bullshit off of Leicester. I mean, yeah, four one, but it was. I mean, they own. They the had ball. that sending off. Um, they, you know, Leicester. Leicester were. I'm going to say they were unlucky because I don't think it was a red. Yeah, I it was a tough he, one. It was a tough one. He was off balance, and the one thing that annoys me a lot about football, especially when it comes to sort of these decisions, is that the replays slow it down to such a stupid speed that anything looks terrible. Yeah. But when you think these players that are playing at the highest level, they're playing so quick that that's not how it works. So I think they're unlucky, but even, even with 11 men, I think West Ham were far the better team. And yeah, and, they and just was, attack, man. They attack and attack and attack. I, they, they, I got to hand it to them, but yeah, I think you're right. They need, they need some deaths. So if West Ham really wants to make a push to make, you know, top six, they're going to have to spend some, uh, spend some money here. But, uh, but yeah, I was impressed and I wouldn't be worried as a Leicester fan. I mean, these types of games happen, but West Ham just wanted it more. They wanted it more today. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, yeah, that rounds up the, uh, that rounds up another, another, I think we can agree another great weekend of football. It's, it's good having yeah. the Premier League back. It's good having fa- fans back in the stadium for me has been the biggest bonus that makes you realize how much of an impact they have. Oh. So I think that's been Completely agree. Uh, Completely agree. All right. So if you guys are new here, this is something we do at the end of every episode. We're having a uh, season running, basically goal scorer challenge, and we all do a snake draft. You have that player from the moment you draft him to the end of the season. So if you drafted someone in week one, then you all the goals they get all year, you get. But you get someone in week five, you only get the goals from week five on. And the rule is we cannot pick the same player from the same team until we've gone through every team. So right now it is myself of two, Luke with three and Adam with one. So two, three, two to one. And who is up first this week? I think it would be back to Adam. Yeah. So I've already got, so yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on one with Salah with the goal in the first week, and then I've got Vardy who, who um who didn't score. Oh, actually, yeah, he didn't score this week. He scored in the first week, but I didn't have him then. Right. So I think I'm gonna add Danny Ings to to my list. Good pick. I'm he's gonna, on he's on fire so far. On fire. Um. So yeah, Danny Ings, and then I'll move on to Luke. I don't know if mine's gonna be an instant return. But I'm going to go with Kane. Okay. Now, what if we pick people? We got to make this rules now. 
if we pick people that get transferred to a team where we already have someone, what happens? I don't think we can help that, right? I think we we let you have them. We let you have them, but you still can't pick a player from their former team. So, for example, if Kane went to City, Luke wouldn't be able to pick a, a, a Spurs player or a City player or a City player. Yeah, maybe you have to make yeah. that choice. You got to skip both, or, or or you oh. just skip both. Uh, both, yeah. then then he'd be picking players before us yeah just just pick one just pick one if that's the case if he goes to uh city then you can't pick a city or a spurs player just whatever you want all on favor all in favor all right cool all right my pick is going to be none other than patrick bamford i really like this player and I think he's going to start scoring goals. He hasn't scored yet this season, 17 last year. I think he's going to start get, uh, to light the lamp, as they say, with hockey. So, all right, can, that's my pick. Can I, can I ask, Was were we all thinking of Ings prior to that? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah Ings. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy I went first. I was thinking earlier today, who am I going to go over? And I thought, you know what, that Danny Ings. Yeah, Ings was my first choice, and then Bam- Bamford was my second choice because uh, – Ing, I just think Ings is going to score all season, man. He's yeah, a per- he's yeah. a perfect fit there. But uh, but yeah, I like my boy Banford. I like him a lot, so I'm happy with this. So again, the score is three to Luke, two me, one to Adam. I'm going to start making a, a spreadsheet and uh, putting this on Twitter so you guys can follow along. So if you want to follow along, it's at Cenovators. We're on every social media platform at Cenovators, and uh, yeah, catch you next week. Yeah, later. Oh, thank you.